Hi, I'm Christos Gage, writer of Superior Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and Spider Island, and you're listening to The Amazing Spider Talk. Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle I'll be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon They'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon The Amazing Spider-Talk The Amazing Spider-Talk Come swing through the air Sit back and prepare For the Amazing Spider-Talk Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider-Talk my name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the 11th episode of our coverage of Volume 4 of Amazing Spider-Man. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes, Dan, and for this episode, we will be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 4, number 11, by Dan Slott and Giuseppe Comancoli. Then we'll uh, give away some prizes, discuss a little bit of spider news, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought, know, there was gonna be, I thought there was more there, and then I realized there wasn't. <laughs> it's a short show this time. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see. We're saying that now at the out- outset, but that is certainly... Two hours later. Otherwise. That was some recording session. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mark, last episode we lavished a great deal of praise upon Amazing Spider-Man number 10, but wondered if our elation would be short-lived. I've written a review of the issue for the site, and I'm dying to know what you thought of the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, Dan. Well, um, yeah, we thought maybe some things had turned a corner last issue. I mean, the last two issues, because we we, you know, we joked that uh, Amazing Spider-Man number nine, while it wasn't as lavishly praised as ten, we, we, we enjoyed it. But, uh, you know, we were kind of saying, oh, is this, is this it? Is, is the curve gone? Or is the curve real or whatever Whatever we were talking about with the curve in terms of grading things? And, um, and we kind of uh, like the cloak and dagger issues a bit. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But, um, yeah, Dan, um, I would say for, like, what is this now? The third or fourth major long-running story arc of the Dan Slot era? I mean, this the concluding issue, this was just a thud of an issue, man. And I'm right there with you. I mean, like, for me, and maybe I'm, I'm, I wrote my review in a fit of anger, like, I, I was just frustrated by this issue because I don't think that they could have spelled out their intentions and attitude towards this series any more clearly than they did in this issue. And that attitude is, 
this is all just teasers for maybe one good story in the future, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there is just such a focus now on what the story is going to be six months, a year, or longer than now that, that, that they're just losing sight of of what's in front of them and 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 this is a this is an epidemic in terms of specific to this series so i mean you know and i hate to throw throw stones and accusations around but i mean the common denominator here is the writer of the series is dan slot i mean you know this is a guy who you know we've we've joked a lot over the over the last few years how you know he on twitter talks about his long game but you know the, the long game ain't much good if if you when you finally get to the point to resolve those those long simmering plot threads that you just don't resolve it, which is what we have here. I mean, what what happened in this comic, Dan? I'm not trying to be smug. Like this was just just to seem like this was a villain who I was finally after months of like kind of being force fed was coming around to as a, as a worthy adversary and he's back to being this kind of two-dimensional monologuing joke and then he just kind of gets pushed into a door and told we'll hear from him in a year. I mean that's literally what ha- that's the resolution is we'll find out in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that is coupled with the fact that his uh, goal, while interesting to find out all you know the secrets of the upcoming year, but his goal like adds up to nothing more than just like t- a teaser for the upcoming Spider-Man stories. It's like, and he and he reads them out loud for everyone to hear. And yeah, okay, like why great. does why does why does Scorpio care about Doctor Octopus? Like seriously, why? why why? At what point in this entire story? Would we would would he even give a crap about Doc Ock? <laughs> and, and the same could be said alternatively. What does Spider Man care that this guy is a fury? Uh, nothing. Well, now, what, what did you write in your review? What was what was your quote? To, I, I to thought quote it was Dark Helmet. It makes <laughs> them absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, and what's even more frustrating, and if you'll allow me to be a dork here, Mark, is sure. that in a previous story, so this this the implication is that this Vernon character, who is the Scorpio, is the grandson of Vernon Fury, who is uh, Nick Fury Senior's like brother, right? Who is the head of of the Zodiac in World War Two. Right. Right. Okay. But in recent comic stories, we found out that that character was a robot, actually, and it wasn't actually Vernon Fury. So either this guy is a robot of some kind or an (laughs) offspring of a robot, or he's just horribly confused about what his grandfather did. So, you know, we we can say, you know, slot you know, is good with his continuity, but I mean, how does this fit into continuity? But none of that even matters because what does Spider-Man care? This guy's, you know, thing. And it's played like a big reveal, like, Oh, that name was supposed to mean something to us, you know, within the right. context of this story. 
And again, I mean, I think it's missing the mark too in terms of like, I mean, it's it's great that you went ahead and and and, and made all these connections and stuff like that. But if I'm just like the casual Spider-Man reader who is not read um secret warriors or the original like steranko shield where you know jake fury was first you know revealed as scorpio you know yeah, in the yeah. 60s Sorry, and jake stuff like fury. that um you know like like why would i care if i'm just the the, the guy who's picking up this comic off the rack because hey, look, Spider Man's going to be in Civil War. I want to read about this guy. You know what I mean? Like, like it's 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 you're not you're not servicing anybody. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like 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 because because you're getting the continuity wrong. So the actual stickler nerds who pay attention to this stuff are like, yeah, no, you're wrong. And the casual fans are just like, who? <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so congratulations, you service nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we are getting to really to the end of this issue, but the, for yeah, me, sorry. the problems start, well... Very beginning. <laughs> well, the problems start even before the beginning of the story. They start on the recap page, where there is no less than two grammar errors in the recap. Uh, and I hate to be this guy, but like... Two well, you're gonna be on him. the first page is it's egregious. It is these people's jobs. And yes, maybe you know Nick Lowe is juggling all these different titles, but then tell your assistant or somebody to read it. And because this is a, it's a pattern. This is a pattern we're seeing of misspellings. They misspell no by having it without a K, and they punctuate industries between the E and the S. As if That's... industry is spelled with an R-I-E at the end. Oh, goodness. Anyway. See, that's why I don't read the recap page. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> yeah. But then, okay, so Mark, what's the problem on the actual first page of this story? Well, can you – again, I'm not trying to be smunk here. Can you explain a little bit what's going on? Because so the last issue ends with – Peter kind of having a call to arms with all of his resources and, you know, they're like working together, you know, go team Parker Industries and they're they're zeroing in on on who the Scorpio is. And and then it's like all of a sudden we open this issue and it's like, well, the satellites are down and this really isn't working and I'm going to lose after, after he like P- Peter is talking in the last issue that he's willing to risk it all to win because this is how important this is. And now he's just like, well, I'm not going to win. <laughs> I mean, it's like a total about face of everything. And I'm like, did I miss something where it was that like, did, did someone snap their fingers on a page somewhere and I missed it, and that just reversed all of the momentum from the previous issue in terms of what was actually happening exposition-wise. I'm not even talking about, like, oh, the characters are acting odd. It's like it's like we're just ignoring ignoring the actual exposition from two weeks earlier, right? Or am I just being stupid? Well, you said it's as if someone snapped their fingers. I went back to the previous issue, and there's a moment – where Scorpio snaps his fingers, exactly as you said, and <laughs> all the people like are no longer 
on the page. So my guess is that that was meant to imply that somehow by snapping his fingers and being the all-powerful character that he is, he was able to sever some kind of connection between Peter and all of his friends. But it's never explained on the page. It's never visually explained. It, like, So we're just meant to, I think, interpret that that means that he somehow broke up their connection but it's not like the satellites weren't down in the previous issue as well, so I, I have no idea. But I, that is my no prize guess as to what's happening here. But it doesn't explain Peter's kind of like sad sack attitude towards fighting the Scorpio at the opening of this book. Yeah, I, I mean, like the you know we what, what part of what we praised in the last issue was just kind of like we felt that that was quintessential Spider-Man and Peter Parker that, that that's been, you know, criminally missing from these, from this story forever. I mean, this idea of this character who's, you know, heroic and resourceful, but a little naive and impetuous. I mean, that's to me, that's who Spider-Man is. And now it's just like going back to, like you said, the sad sack character who can't get out of his own way. And, you know, the game is rigged again, like, you know, the Parker luck, turned up to infinity um and i I just don't enjoy reading about that character like that's not um you know that's not the spider uh, well you know i'm not gonna claim ownership on spider-man but I, i i just don't like reading that that version of this character and it seems to be the well that the current creative forces like going back to for whatever reason but it's not even a real character beat. It like happens, and then two pages later, they spot Nick Fury with a laser in the sky, you know, and suddenly he's rushing into battle, very confident again. And it's like, okay, so then why have that beat in the story? It, it's 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 so moment to moment. There's no consistent character. It's just. Whatever the story needs, even if the story doesn't even need it. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of head-scratching changes in tone and and, in terms of dialogue, in terms of action in this comic that that just really left me baffled, Dan. I mean, you know, I mean, we, 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 we get some stuff with, you know, beats that we've repeated again and again like the oh i'm making an entrance oh you're rooting you know like that 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 like can we can we move on from this joke right like can we can we please move on from this joke yeah it's, <laughs> about it's spider-man a it's a shame because common uh, coley draw, draws this really fun splash page and right. it's just like the same joke again and it's like yes that is technically in character for spider-man to rush into battle and yeah he should be criticized about it but like, and I'm not going to say exact issue numbers, but yeah, you're right. Didn't we just have this joke at least several times recently? Yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're repeating beats, and and I, I maybe I'm I was just already in a sour mood, but like I, I just kind of felt like the living brain stuff in during this sequence was just getting a little too over the top. I mean, it's like they're really putting the hard sell. Um, what's actually going on with the living brain? I mean, I, I still think less is more with this character. Well, it's so funny because, and I said in my review that I wouldn't be so hard on Dan Slott about this if I if I knew that he could do otherwise. Like, if we didn't know 
that the living brain had auto in it or there were light hints at this, it would lead to a nice surprise. Like in ASM 698, one of the best surprises I think I've ever read in a Spider-Man comic with the brain swap. Uh, mm. But here it's like it's so telegraphed. It's so – I mean it's not even telegraphed. It's, it's just there in front of you. Like the, by the time it happens, you're going to be sick of it. Like yeah. just get on with it already. Like I have no anticipation for Otto coming back because it's like whatever. I know it's going to happen. It's, it's with all of this, even, even the ending with Scorpio, you know, oh, Otto, Octavius, it all makes sense. Like, yeah, great. We know he's coming back. Who cares? Like who honestly wants to see that at this point? Yeah, it's to suck the fun out of it, you know, because it's been so telegraphed and so like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and and you guys want a superior back. Remember, remember, you know, I think that's part of it too. Is like there's that noise in the background, like you know, like you know, the the, the one of, one of the best things that that Dan Slott has written over the last five or six years. Of course, there's a fondness for it, but it doesn't mean like that. What we need to see is this is superior Spider-Man Otto Octavius interacting with um, the current Peter Parker Spider-Man, because quite frankly, we saw that during Spider-Verse and it was pretty, pretty terrible. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're (laughs) uninteresting at least. I mean, you know, like, like this is like this big triumphant, I'm getting to write this character again that you all loved and you loved me when I did it. But it's like, yeah, but, Things are different now, man. I don't know if I care anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean the whole thing is frustrating and it, it's it's all – Mark, I feel like I'm paying money every other week to read the solicits for this book. Like every book is just – it's not even like a greatest hits or anything. It's like here's what's coming down the pike and you're going to pay for it every week or every other week. I don't – there's no joy in that. Like, I want a story in these pages. And, 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 and to go in a more broad sense, and I know that we're probably just jumping around like crazy talking about this book, but I just find it so frustrating. I, by the end of this story, and this is an end of a, like 11-issue story because even the, the sub-stories had to do with, deal with this in some way. Like, mm-hmm. what am I to take away from this? Do I, did I learn anything about Peter Parker? Did I learn anything about how this affects Parker Industries. Like, is there a moral tale to be told here? I thought about this for several minutes. I couldn't come up with anything. I don't know what I'm meant to take away from this story other than people punch each other and magical things are happening. That there's no, there's no meat there. There's no story. It's just events occurring. I, 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 I agree with you 100%. When I look back on this storyline, I mean, how would you summarize what happened? You know, like, and that's, that's, that's the problem. I mean, like you said, this is 11 issues worth. And, and say what you will about how he pays it off. But Dan Slott has, is notoriously known for, for packing a lot into a single issue. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all empty calories, you know, it's, it's, it's just a big giant cupcake right now. <laughs> like, I mean, but, but wait, the, even the stuff packed in here, like the big fight towards the end is not nearly as, as entertaining as the fight in the previous issue. Like, right. Well, well, I think you said in your review, I mean, there's something tangible about 
Spider-Man trying to cling to life on a high-speed train versus whatever this was. Some kind of and zodiac it, signs in the sky and the ground and some and magic that keys up. and right and an armpit punch. <laughs> of all the things to work, it was the punch to the armpit. I, which I was like, okay, was that was that is that supposed to mean something? I, I mean, like it seems so specific. You didn't watch The Incredibles, did you, Mark? I I, I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the cape reference. I, I mean, I don't know if you bristle as much as I do when he makes outside references to, like, pop culture. But, like, Once in a Blue Moon is fine. But every issue we're getting these, like, Spidey references to pop culture. And then the misappropriation of Spidey's catchphrases. Like, when Uh. has Spidey ever said yoink before? He hasn't. But when did he say Crazy Town Banana Pants, which I know was (laughs) a point of major... Major anger and rage. And I think that was at a point where I was giving Slot so much more benefit of the doubt. So when that whole thing surfaced, I was like, oh, come on, people. Just give it a rest. He's just being cheeky. But now I'm just like, ugh. This is all. I mean, like, I, I, like, and Dan, I mean, I, I apologize if I'm being too negative. But I mean, like, I just found the whole dialogue between Spider Man and Scorpio during that fight scene to be dreadful. Like, you know, between the catch, the catchphrases. I mean, at one point, like Spider-Man's response to something that he did was, "Oh, that's not fair," and I'm like, "What? Like, like wh- who? Who's writing this? Like, it's this. It's reads so awkwardly and clunky, and there's no flow, and there's no real drama. It's just let's words on a page, words on a page. Put them on, put them on, put them on. Okay, next page." It's just so frustrating. I, I can't. I can't take another story that just says wait till the next story, because right. I've been waiting for a story for months. I mean, really, even even the the cloak and dagger story. Like we got some conclusion with cloak and dagger, but it was also like, well, Mister Negative got away, and you know, hold off for a bit. Like, can he apprehend a single villain? Uh, is that too much to ask? Yeah, I don't know. And, and you know, it's what's so odd about it is when you look at Marvel and other media right now in terms of like it's TV and it's movies. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you had you had kind of off offline. We were talking a little bit about Daredevil season two and all of the stuff they packed in and teased for future things there. But at least there seemed to be some sense semblance of a conclusion in some of these things. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like Marvel knows what it's doing in other media here, but with this, it's, yeah, it's just like, let's just leave it open, open-ended, open-ended. Um, just to, just to kind of nitpick something here. Cause I mean, we're talking so broadly about this. I don't know if we're going to be able to get circle this conversation to something that's so super specific, but, um, just talking about random stuff happening. Um, so what was up with Mockingbird and Anna Maria at the end? Well, it's funny. I think you may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, or maybe I'm just pulling this from the internet, this idea that Peter and Mockingbird like, may be establishing some kind of relationship. And like, I think in the most abstract of ways, you might be able to see that happening in – the story, but like it was maybe a line here or there, and here it seems to be like a big point. It's like the bow on this story is that Mockingbird is interested in Peter, but like 
there's no interactions between the two of them in this story. Like, she's kind of there, but, like, it, does she like him because he did something honorable or or what? Like, where is this relationship coming from and what is it based on? Yeah, I mean, and again, like, when I was talking about it, I was kind of like, all right, you know, there 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 there, there could be some seeds being planted, but maybe not. But then they just kind of like not even just say it out loud, but like say it again. It was just so clunky, like, oh, she might be liking you, Peter. And then what's, what was with Anna Maria's reaction? Like, why does Anna Maria care who's making eyes at Peter? Like, why is she trying to make her jealous? I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't even know whether to take that seriously. Like, is she jokingly, let's make her jealous? Like, there's no indication. These are such non-characters. We can't even read into whether it's a joking, oh, well, we, can make, we can make her jealous, ha, 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 Or if it's like, no, I, I actually want to make her jealous. Because, like, two issues ago, we found out that Anna Maria is dating some other guy at, that we don't right. know. But, like, all of this is so nebulous, there's no way to tell what any of the motivations of the characters are and what they mean. And then we get the sting of Doc Ock being like, I need to push my plans into action because – Clearly, Anna Maria is trying to get with Peter or whatever, and you're like, "Wait, so am I? Am I? So I guess I am supposed to take this seriously, right?" And yet another declaration of someone: "I need to move my plans forward." Yes, you do, because <laughs> I'm tired of speculating about your plans. <laughs> I don't even Just care like about his plans. Uh- <laughs> well, at least at least we didn't get the man in red in this issue, aka Miles Warren. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you you fully come over to my side by now. Oh, you're one hundred percent right. <laughs> it's too obvious for not to be. It's Miles Warren with a new hat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So I mean what'd you what do you think um, of Camo's art in in this issue? Well, I mean, you mentioned the, the splash page. I mean, his art is good. I mean, it's it, it. Camo has been consistently strong. I mean, even when the story hasn't been. Um, but it's very hard to get overly excited when the story is just con- confusing and, in some instances, agitating. Is it just me? I, I like Camo's art, but I feel like we we've, we've seen him around for so long. Even the best Spider-Man artists. I feel like there's a certain point where it's time for them to move on, and Ramos certainly took that cue, and 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 said you know he'd be interested in coming back eventually. But like you know, I love Bagley, but there's a certain time where I want to see something new, and I don't think Camo's style is so unique or or interesting enough to like on the level of like a Bagley or a Ramos that I like want him hanging around for this long. I've just kind of gotten bored. Like I know what to expect. He doesn't really draw that iconic of, of imagery. And and maybe it's also the color palette. It just seems so samey every issue. I like really want someone to come into this book and shake up the visuals a little bit. I don't disagree with that. Um, I just don't know who that artist is. Maybe Maybe we should go to the mailbag and see if we have any suggestions. <laughs> no, sure, no. yeah. Who, who would you like <laughs> to see uh, drawing this book? I mean, I guess we get those guest artists like we're going to get in in Dead No More, but 
you know, not only do these people only do one arc, most of the time they can't even finish that arc, and then they call right. on Camo to come in and 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 fill and in fill the, the gap. Yeah. And I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed with Bufagni uh, during the Cloak and Dagger arc. So I mean, it, it is kind of odd. I mean, you know, we've kind of talked about this sometimes regarding the writing component, but in terms of the art component, that a flagship book like Spider Man can't i don't know it can't can't get bigger names attached to it on the art side you know like but i guess that's it's because it's a double ship and nobody wants to touch that i think it's true of both the writing staff and the art team the double ship ship keeps the uh the top tier writers and the top tier artists they don't want anything to do with the book and i know that dan slot is considered a top tier writer but uh, I mean, I, I think I think everybody's terrified of that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess like, you know, someone like a Jason Aaron who's doing what two or three books at once plus indie books. I mean, there's someone like him, but yeah, that's that's kind. Of, he's kind of like Hickman. I mean, like they're they're very rare breeds, and for whatever reason, they don't seem to kind of gravitate towards the world of Spider Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not a lot to say about this issue because there's not really that much that happens in it. That happened, yeah. And what does happen, uh, you and I are not particularly fans of. And, like, I think on its own, it's, like, not the worst issue on, on Earth, but it but it just is representative of a far greater trend of this book uh, over the past five, six years. Yeah. Um, so we want to just throw a grade on it and yeah, let's do move it. On. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, I, I said D plus, I guess, you know, I gave it the plus cause like you said, this wasn't like the worst thing I've read, but it was just frustrating. And so, you know, I didn't, it's not, it's not, not an achievement by any chance, but I mean, it's not, it's not a failure. Yeah. And I'm giving it a D. I feel the same as you, but like. I put this book down and was pretty angry uh, uh, because it just – I mean we, for all the reasons we've said. Well, you had to write the review. So maybe if the shoe was on the other foot, uh, you, <laughs> I would have taken it down another notch. <laughs> yeah. I mean I banged that review out really quickly. I, I was just like so in like – I don't even know how much my review is actually about the content of the book. It's like an angry letter to, to the editors. And, and, and I don't know what the disconnect is. I mean, I, I want to say it was Stephen Wacker leaving. I mean, the minute he left, you could feel a change on this book. So I don't know if it's Dan Slott is not getting the support that he needs to, you know, to, to, to raise his books to that higher level. Or if he's just exhausted and disinterested. Uh, or if it's he's spending too much time on Twitter, as Tom Brevoort uh, has, let, <laughs> has said on, on Twitter. I mean, I don't know what it is, but like... So there is a disconnect. There has been a noticeable drop in quality um, and a noticeable interest in the future rather than the present. And it needs to be stated. Someone needs to say it and tell this team. Yeah. Um, well, we'll say it. But, and, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it, I, what worries me, Dan, is I, I just don't know if the right people are – saying it and making people pay attention so i mean yeah so we'll keep we'll we'll keep shouting it from our hilltop i guess yeah i mean it continues to sell well and get good reviews elsewhere so i don't know what's wrong with us mark everything <laughs> speaking 
Speaking of what's wrong with us, why don't we talk about the friendly neighborhood Spider Tuck Members Club? <laughs> Well, everybody, uh, we're going to talk about our favorite club and the way that you support our show and and keep us going. Uh, uh, Like usual, we have uh, still a little bit of ways to go to get to our next goal of having an image always podcast. Is Is that how I'm phrasing this thing? That sounds about right. All right. <laughs> Let's go with it. And, uh, you know, we don't have any new members this week, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to keep giving away some awesome prizes. And so uh, we're raffling up these awesome vintage calendars, and uh, we've, got a, we've got three of them to give away. So this week we're giving away another one. Uh, Mark, do you want to give me a, a, a drum roll or some kind of audio, audio cue here? And, uh, yes, the winner of this week's calendar is Elliot Santiago. So, Elliot, keep an eye in your mail. Congratulations and thanks for supporting the show. Mark, we, uh, we started doing these, like, bi-weekly extra episodes, and we've got a good number of them starting to build up. What are we going to be talking about this week? Uh, yeah, Dan, we're, we're going to just have a little brief conversation about um, with, with – Civil War, Captain America Civil War coming out, and of course, uh, Civil War II, uh, another Marvel event starting up in the coming, uh, I think next month or in June. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do a little uh, fan club extra about some of our favorite Spidey moments from Marvel events. Um, so, you know, think of, think of the big events over the years and uh, what your favorite Spider-Man moment is and see if we talk about it. Yeah, so of course you can uh, listen in to those extra shows by joining our, what is it called, Mark? Our Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. All you have to do is just go to one of our sites and click on the logo and and sign up to become one of our uh, recurring Patreon members. And uh, you get a bunch of episodes and free comics. So uh, thanks again to all the people that are supporting us, and I hope you enjoy this extra content. All right, Dan. Well, why don't we talk about some spider news now? Mark, it's not a very heavy week for Spider News, although a very exciting one for people that like the movies because... uh, you know, last time we had talked about seeing Spider-Man in the movies for the first time, but now we're getting to see a little bit more of him in the movies in, in Civil War. Um, we got these two new trailers that kind of show him geeking out uh, with various yeah. members of, of, uh, of, the, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, what did you think of these two new appearances, I guess, with Winter Soldier and Captain America? No, they were definitely definitely a lot of fun. I mean, we're getting more sense of the personality and the youthfulness of Spider-Man. 
Um, you know, it, it, it does kind of strike me. And I mean, I guess it just also demonstrates how late in the game Spidey was added to this whole production. But like, you know, you would think that he would be a more critical part of the marketing of this movie. And he really hasn't been so far, which I find kind of strange. I mean, is, is that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that they know they don't really have to push it that hard. But yeah, they finally won this character back. you think that they would be using it to make as much money as possible. But, you know, maybe that's how Marvel knows how to treat their fans and, and give them less. And, and uh, I mean, the rumors are that he has a good 20 to 30 minutes of screen time in this movie, which is not a small amount, uh, you know, including moments as Peter Parker with Aunt May. So, uh I mean, who who knows? But uh, I think that they're holding back on this movie in general uh, after kind of showing everything from Age of Ultron. Uh, perhaps they've realized that they need to do more teasing uh, than than revealing what, since that movie didn't make as much money as they wanted. Um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, again, the early reviews on this movie continue to be strong. So, um you know, hopefully that will all add up and the payoff will be worth it. Um, and then, of course, the other the other little bit of movie-related news is that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming. This one surprised me because, again, I was under the impression that Civil War was going to kind of be uh, Downey's uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, swan song, at least until they gave him a new contract or something, which also made me think would they, you know, I, I was almost under the impression that maybe that they would kill him off in civil war, kind of twist the twist, what happened in the comics. And, and instead of, you know, potentially killing off cap, they kill off iron man. You know what I mean? But, um, I guess he's all right. He'll be alive. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, both he and, uh, you know, Chris, Chris, uh, Evans, have suggested that they, like, wanted to go on and do other things. And, you know, Iron Man 3 explicitly ends as if, you know, Robert Downey's contract was up. Uh, and, I get, and it was at the time. So they wanted to write an ending for the character, which they've subsequently ignored, uh, weirdly enough. Um, and now, you know, even today, uh, uh, Robert Downey said that he'd be down for an Iron Man 4. And, and, and Chris Evans said... That he would love to keep doing Captain America movies because he's realized that the character is a bigger thing than him. And that's so different. I mean, Chris Evans said he wanted to go and direct movies and become a director. And then he did direct a movie and it didn't do very well. So I wonder if he's <laughs> thinking <laughs> that, it's, that he needs to rethink his plans and stick with Captain America, which is uh, printing money and accolades for him. And I think these movies have turned out better than they – expected that they would you know uh i mean i was gonna say dan i mean like i can't speak for any i mean you know you're obviously a lot closer to this than i ever will be but like you know if you if you're if you're fortunate enough to get a gig like this for one of these movies i mean like i don't know it would it would have to be taken away from me i think you know what i mean like it's like this is you're 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 part of what is probably the most successful movie franchise of all time. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, you get to be a star just by, you know, just every time you show up in one of these movies, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, 
I, I so I, I I was just kind of surprised by that, but um when yeah. when I hear like Evans and da- well I mean Downey can understand because he's had like a very up and down career that's you know over the years I mean but but Chris Evans prior to this was I mean yeah he did some successful stuff but it was this has been his first like real I feel like A list role would you when you say. Yeah, but I think there's a fear of being typecast as this character forever. And, and like, you know, artistically, I mean, what, they've spent almost eight years of their lives devoted to this. I mean, I could see maybe getting bored of it. But both of them have kind of spun these roles into, you know, charitable organizations and, and really done something good for the world based on their appearances in, in this film. I, yeah, I think well, uh, for me it would be very hard to give up. Certainly, but I, I, I'm going to you say know. you could you could typecast me into my Scrooge McDuck pool of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, what what do you think about him showing up in in Homecoming? What, what like what that pretends for the movie? Well, I mean, obviously, you know what we saw in the Civil War trailer, the first one with you know Underoos and everything. Like, there, there's definitely going to be an alliance here between. Peter and Iron Man, which, you know, and it's funny, I read somewhere online the other day, someone's saying, oh, but don't worry, Spider-Man will come around and be on Team Cap, you know, because he that's he'll always do the right thing in the end. And, and you know, we don't really know that as a fact based based on this information so far. So it does it, it does intrigue me what they're going to do with the character. That's not me saying I'm concerned about it, but it's like, okay, you know, maybe not. Maybe maybe he will be Team Tony Stark, and maybe that says something about what how they perceive this character cinematically. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm more curious because, like, I you know, when I, when I think of a Spider-Man movie, I think of, like, a kid in his own unique world, free from the influence of the Avengers. And right. by having Robert Downey show up in this, you know, it means for sure, like – they're going to be an active part of his life, and I don't know what that means, like in terms of him fighting very personal villains, like you know, like the Vulture, that which is rumored to be in this movie. Like, couldn't he just call an Iron Man and be like, "Take this, like, dude in a Vulture costume out of the sky for me"? Like, uh, I, I don't know what that means necessarily for you know, Spider-Man. Yes, he can be on the Avengers, but in his essence, he's kind of a street-level character. You know, Daredevil has managed to kind of be on his own without the Avengers, and it makes a certain level of sense. Uh, uh, but I, I don't know about Spider-Man having like Tony Stark's phone number uh, and what that means for for his villains and his world. Yeah, but I mean, it could always end up being like an Ultimate Universe thing, where it's like, yeah, but you know, we we handle the global threats, and you handle the little street level stuff. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. All right, well, why don't you take us on home, Dan? Sure, of course. You can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And now we're on uh, Google Play, which is really exciting. So all you Android users that have kind of suffered finding our show can uh, can get it on Google Play. And uh, you can do that by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please be sure to leave us a review. Yeah, be sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Ultimate Spin. And most of all, leave us a voicemail at 9 Red Goblin. 
And I know a lot of the team members from the SuperiorSpiderTalk.com team have been guest uh, appearing on the Ultimate Spin because they're covering the Spider Woman arc. So that's been really exciting uh, to, to kind of hear the voices of our team on all of our shows. Uh, and now um, next week, Dan, we're going to be talking about our next essential, and this is going to be your pick after a run of, of my picks. Or Yeah, it was mostly my picks recently, right? I think we've been trading off fairly recently. Uh, I can't keep track anymore. I think we did so many of those essential episodes, Dan, that it all got <laughs> lost. But anyway, what's going to be our, our, our next thing so our readers can, can learn up beforehand? Well, I mean, I, it, it has to only be one thing, Mark, and that's Civil War. We're going to be talking about Civil War, Spider-Man's place in it, and whether or not it should be considered an essential comic, not just in the Marvel Universe, but specifically for Spider-Man. So uh, I guess crack open your trade paperbacks and, uh, and get ready to talk Civil War with us. Oh, goody. Oh, boy, Mark. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. But uh, in the meanwhile, where can all of our listeners find you on the Internet? Well, of course, you can find me on superiorspidertalk.com, although I, you really haven't been able to find me lately. But uh, <laughs> uh, but next week we're going to have a super blog team-up post that I'm going to write, I think. Uh, so uh, be on the lookout for that. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. I do apologize lately for kind of being a, a, an absentee uh, blogger and editor, Dan. It's just been a little crazy in my personal life, but uh, hopefully in another week or so that'll that'll equalize and I'll be back in full strength. And maybe I'll even have another series of posts to p- start pumping out for you guys. Yeah, well, the same has been true with me. Uh, uh, things have been crazy. I'm directing a commercial in, in about a week, so the prep on that has been nuts. But, uh, yeah, you can still find me on at SupSpiderTalk and, uh, and at Dan Gavazin on Twitter and read all of my stuff on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com and my movie reviews on GrindMyReels.com. It's going to be quiet for a little bit with this commercial coming up, but uh, fear not, listeners. I'm not going anywhere. Um, Mark, you know, there's nothing that I hate more than unsatisfying endings that leave audiences wanting more without actually fulfilling the narrative arc of the story that they've paid to read. Oh, I agree, Dan. And tune in next week for my next amazing Uncle Ben story. Bye!